0: Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation.
1: Hey, welcome back to the program, and we are so excited that you can join us for today's broadcast, because today is a special day for Shouts of Grace. We are recording our 100th Episode. And it's a, it's a, I've been told by the station that it is a milestone. And so, um, in in celebration of that, um, I got a special guest, a familiar guest that I'll introduce here in a second. But listen, if you are a brand new listener to Shouts of Grace, we want to welcome you to the program and let you know that there are 99 other episodes that you can listen to uh, by going to shoutsofgraceradio.com. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com. And you can also uh, drop us a note or an email. Um, and if you're a return listener. Hey, we want to thank you for your support and also let you know that if you are in the Northern Utah County area and you do not have a place to fellowship, why not stop by uh, Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs? We meet on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. there in Vista Heights Middle School. And so for today, the 100th episode, I am excited to have a very good friend of mine, Back in the studio, we were together for for over a year. As we started Shouts of Grace, he kind of kind of ran the, the the controls here, Pastor Keith Racky of River Community Church. Brother, how are you,
2: man? I am thrilled, <laughs> and I'm so proud of you, Steve, because I used to sit in that chair, <laughs> and now he, here you are, the Captain Kirk of. uh <laughs> Actually, you always kind of have been the Captain Kirk, but there you are. You're in the Captain <laughs> yeah. Kirk chair of Shouts of Grace Radio. Hey, uh, when you said, we have 99 other episodes, uh, but I do want to say y- you can leave the 99 and hey. listen to this one right now, because <laughs> t- terrible pastor that, joke. but that, That's awesome,
1: man. Yeah. How have you been? Oh, man, man.
2: I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled about life. I'm thrilled about what God is doing in my family and in our church, and just thankful, so thankful to God uh, for what he has done. Cause, Amen. I mean, ultimately, those are the kind of milestones that we want to keep track of, is look what God has done.
1: Yeah, I remember the first episode that we did when we wanted to explain kind of the whole basis of, of shouts of grace and right. just that passage in Zechariah four where they brought out the the capstone, the chief stone, if you will, um, in building the foundation of the temple, and they bought it and they brought it out to shouts of grace, grace. And yes. I remember that. I still remember that because we were just talking about how the foundation of everything that we build in the Christian life, we're called we're we're called the temple of the Holy Spirit. Right. We're being built into the spiritual house and and on the basis of that building that God is doing, that work is God doing is that God is doing is grace and yes. everything. And so so what I want to do today, man, is is I want to since it's a milestone, what I wanted to kind of do is talk about milestones. Talk yeah. about this idea of what the Bible um, when 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 something happens in a person's life, that's a marker. That's what a milestone is. It signifies either either how far you've come from something, how far you got to go, or it signifies this this monumental mm-hmm. thing, this mm-hmm. change, this you know. And so when when I, when I look in Scripture, Keith, I, I think of people's lives where they had milestones. I think of Moses, right? Yeah. M- Moses had heard of God. He's he's in the wilderness there, and he's shepherding and and, and so forth. And then he has this view of a of a bush and he goes and he's introduced to God mm-hmm. take off your shoes this is the place you stand is holy ground and God lets him know I've seen everything I've heard my people's cry and brother I am sending you yeah. that's a milestone that yes. was a life-changing yeah. event so when you think of milestones that kind of stand out to you in scripture what what are some of the things you see what how, how does it how does it relate to today
2: well I you know I, I think of uh, a really short one is Enoch in Genesis chapter five and verse twenty-one, it says, "When Enoch had lived sixty-five years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah three hundred years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were three hundred sixty-five years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him." So, a very unique story there. But it just—it kind of amazing to me, like you know, obviously people were living a lot longer in 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 the, this. Pre-Flood Genesis context, but he there was a period of his life that was marked as as the point where he began walking with God and I think of my own journey like when did I begin walking with God you know when I was when I was a little boy, you know going to Sunday school and it finally clicking, being baptized um, you know I think about that I think about David, David has always been very personal for me. I feel like I've always related with some of his milestones you know a man, a young man shepherding, you know, somewhat obscure, uh, very hidden. And Samuel, the prophet is sent by God to the house of Jesse to look for someone to anoint as the next king. And it turns out to be David, you know, one of the, one of the most unlikely and, and, and by human standards, unqualified to be a leader, um, you know, because of, of, of his station in life. And, and yet God chose him, you know, and anointed him. But when you look at David's life, like, right after his anointing he goes out and he is just filled with courage and boldness and he takes on Goliath by the power of God and you know what Saul's king and who's this punk who's this punk that's going <laughs> to take his throne and he spends what appears to be about 2 decades of his life David in on the run mm. in obscurity kind of waffling between being loyal to Israel and being loyal to the highest bidder as far as a mercenary, you know, and you just see that. But then you see the milestone of of Saul's passing, of him leading his army and and his generals taking Jerusalem and the start of the, the kingdom and then the unified kingdom. You just, you look at his life and all these different milestones. The one thread that you see all the way through that is that God had chosen him, God had anointed him. And kind of like what Moses encountered, probably Joseph encountered, David encounters this thing that, hey, you kind of like know very early on, God's got a plan for your life. Yeah. But the way it unfolds is not the way you thought yeah. it would. You, you, you know what I love about milestones,
1: too, is, you know, they're, they're, they're opportunities, yes, to look back at times and praise God, but they're also instructive. Right? Yes. Like I think of yes. Abraham, like like if, if, if I'm putting myself in Abraham's shoes, I'm thinking, OK, a milestone in my life would have been the day that I chose to not trust God, and I went with Hagar, and right. Ishmael was right. born, oh my word, like like ah, uh, you know, but but then, of course, another milestone would be the day that he could. He could remember well. This is when God fulfilled His promise mm-hmm. in giving us Isaac, right? right? And so I think he talked more because even drill drill into David a little bit because because you know a lot of times when we look back we can look at these milestones and markers and go that is when a a colossal failure or an epic spiritual stra- uh, tragedy in my yeah, life took yeah. place, but it was the biggest time of growth. And so God, even in his grace, he uses the milestones of failure that we could look back on. And with David, he had a couple of those. Yeah, he he
2: did have a couple. You know, one that I was reading about um, David recently was it's an interesting milestone. It kind of takes you by surprise when David had his band of men and they were providing cover for um, for Nabal. And his property. And, you know, Nabal wasn't, there was no agreement. It was just kind of a gentleman's agreement. I've got a bunch of armed men. We're going to keep an eye on your property. And then he decides to send a couple of his men to Nabal, say, hey, we, we, we can use some food, you know? And this guy's like, who's David? I don't give a rip about David. So David's a hothead. And he's like, that's it. Let's go. We're going to teach this guy a lesson. And Nabal's wife, Abigail, goes out and meets David and says, David, don't do this. But I'm, let me tell you something about my husband. He's an unreasonable man. So, you know, whatever it takes, I'll take care of it. I'll pay for this myself. We'll take care of your men. Well, Nabal dies of a heart attack. And short story, David marries Abigail. When you look at that, you look at how David was prone to take action and, 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 and you know, use his gut instinct, which wasn't always the best instinct. Hello, the situation with Bathsheba. He... There was somebody in his life that left a permanent impression on him, and there was a potential for David. Because I think it's easy to look at the milestone of David sitting with Bathsheba and to look at, like, how devastating that was. And it was. The ripple effect in David's family was multigenerational uh, towards, neg- towards the negativity. But this one thing, like, here is David— on the edge of doing something so colossally stupid to basically, basically he would be probably commit genocide in that and just wipe out everybody. And this one woman, Abigail comes out and as a minister of grace of wisdom, you know, you think about women of wisdom in the Bible, she's definitely one of those models, you know, what, what a mediator, you know, and how David could have, you know, could have really like ruined things badly Hmm. by, by doing that. Did that, would that have negated the call? we don't see that in, in his failure with, with Bathsheba, but we do see the consequences of that. And, you know, I, I look at a couple of different milestones. Like think about, um, uh, Joseph's milestones, right? Joseph is, is kind of a punk baby brother and he's just like, I'm dad's favorite. I'm dad's favorite. So his brothers sell him into slavery and he goes into Egypt and like instantly God's giving him favor. God's giving him favor. And, you, you, you kind of have a hard time like picking out his flaws, but whatever flaws there were like moving from, from Potiphar's house to, or you know, from, from, from being a free son of his father to being a slave in Potiphar's house, to being a prisoner, to then being elevated to the second in command of all of Egypt. You know, there's different milestones. There may be things about Joseph's life that you and I will never know by reading the text that God was refining in him. And, and, here's another man probably about 20 years yeah. from the time that he received that vision of of the stars and the moon you know bowing yeah. down to him
1: and what a beautiful picture yeah. man when i look at that as of the gospel you've got the you've got the sun who's who's you know the father's the father's favorite if you will right and and he's rejected by his brothers his brothers hate him his his brothers want to kill him and so he's he's sent into a foreign land to a to a gentile land and 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 ultimately these you know he saves he saves all the gentiles and then the brothers ultimately come back with a picture of you know israel ultimately coming back and you just see you see how god uses practically how he uses milestones in real people's lives right to to really thread this picture of the gospel all the way through you know i think of um you know i i, I think of peter you know yeah. how 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 Just thinking of him too. difficult must that have been to, yeah. to be walking in that court at night to 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 tell the young girl cursing I don't know him look into his eyes run away and hide for a couple days and 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 what a milestone that must have been of an epic failure only to have Jesus meet him on the shore have the most intimate conversation with him and say man do you love me then then, then go and feed my sheep I mean. It really is threaded in in this real picture of life throughout the Bible. And so what I want to do is, on on the other side of the break, I want to talk a little bit more about why milestones are important in helping us go and why they're also important in in, in educating us. You're listening to Shouts of Grace. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Shouts of Grace with Pastor Steve, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation.
1: Welcome back to the program. I'm in studio today with a good friend of mine and yours, Pastor Keith Radke of River Community Church. And, Keith, we're talking about uh, Milestones being the 100th episode of Mm -hmm. Shouts of Grace. We've been doing this for for a couple years now, I think, maybe, or at least close to it. um, Yeah, sometime in
2: 20—yeah, 52 years times three months— uh take away seven days yeah it's been a, a while. couple of repeat broadcasts 100 episodes <laughs> so we're over two years yes. so, yeah, <laughs> but anyway we, when i think of milestones i think of that song you know and i would walk 1000 <laughs> you know it's like no i would walk 100 shows
1: yeah yeah but i'll tell you what when you, when, when you think about mile mile markers if you will you're driving down the highway and you see mile marker 65 and 64 right and, usually they're they' they're based on something a point at which you started or a point to which you're going and and I think at the end of the day the greatest um, mile marker and, and we can talk more about this as we wrap the broadcast up but the greatest mile marker that, that thing that just shows where a person's at is is the cross and yeah. and, and I want to talk about that but before we do I want I want to just kind of segue real quick into this idea of why milestones are important Keith, in not repeating the same things that we've done in the past, because all of us kind of do that. And so we go through life, we have this collision with life, and and there's these milestones, and and God would want to use them to say, hey, um, be careful here in the future. Mm -hmm. Why, Why and how does that apply to our lives to not make the same mistakes? Well, you
2: talked about Peter, you know, there's two milestones in Jesus's introduction, or Peter's introduction to Jesus. John chapter one, we see Andrew bringing Peter to Jesus, and clearly that whole chapter is about the call to follow him. But Luke 5 is later in the story, and that's when Jesus was teaching the crowds, hops into Peter's boat, asks him to push out, then tells him to, to cast the net, and Peter falls down and says, you know, get away from me, I'm unworthy, I I can't come follow after you, and, and his answer to Peter was, come and follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. I think an important milestone to Peter's life is he needed to hear his confession to Jesus. I'm I'm sinful, and Jesus' response: "Don't be afraid," because when he failed Jesus during Jesus' trial, you know Luke tells us that he made eye contact with Jesus. You know how devastating that must have been. And Jesus comes and restores him after the cross, and and says, "Do you love me?" Then here's my purpose for you. And then when Peter wanted to say, "Well, what about?" John, Jesus said, What is that to you? Hmm. You follow me. Let's Reminding him of that first yeah, following.
1: Yeah, let, let's talk about John, because even in him, you you see a guy when when they're going through Samaria and and the Samaritans don't receive Jesus, he goes, You do you want us to call down fire from heaven and smoke yes. these guys, right? Let's let's kill them right where they stand. And then Jesus, you know, says, You you know, you don't, you don't know what kind of heart you have. At, you know, no, <laughs> that's yeah, not what we're yeah. here for, right? But later on in John's letter, he'll write brothers, if you don't love people who you have seen, how can you love God whom you Mm, haven't haven't seen? And he uses the term beloved. And you just see the son of Zebedee, the son of thunder in the beginning, like let's just kill everybody, right? right? To saying, beloved, you know? Marked by by love. Yeah, and and so what happened? And here's what happened, the the cross. He saw, he heard a man who was pummeled And hit and beat, say, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. To hear the words, son, behold your mother, mother, behold your son, it changed his life. And so the cross was a major milestone in John's life. Talk about that milestone, because that, that speaks universally across every yes. culture, every socioeconomic status. Right. The cross should be a
2: milestone. Talk about that. Well, well, Paul put it this way. He says, I bear in my body the marks of Christ. When he was a persecutor of the followers of Christ and God, Jesus literally arrested him on the road to Damascus, it says that Jesus showed Saul, who would become Paul, what he must suffer for his name's sake and there was a there was a familiarity with the sufferings of Christ that Paul uniquely had to go through because because of his persecution of him but it was it was a a constant identification for Paul whenever he communicated i preach jesus christ and him crucified right when you know we must believe uh in romans we must uh, uh confess that jesus is the lord and believe that god raised him from the dead right he when we celebrate communion, we celebrate the Lord's death until he returns. Like for Paul, he knew that without the cross, without the death of Jesus Christ, our sin would still separate us from God. There would still be a need for atonement over and over and over and over again just to, just to pray to God. We'd have to make sure that our sins were covered by some sort of sacrifice. Now Jesus has paid it all once and for all, and in Christ he would, he would use terms like this, we are a new creation the old has passed away. You know, before the cross, all the requirements of the law have now been fulfilled. All of the sin record held against us. You know, now we now we are to reckon ourselves dead to sin, but alive in Christ. Right? There's a there's a defining point, and for every person now hearing this voice, every person now whoever be exposed to the gospel, the invitation is always um, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be born again. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will not perish. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will not be put to shame. Like there's the the cross is the demarcation. It is the milestone on the journey. As you're walking along, you got mile marker one, mile marker forty. Now here's that that definitive once you cross that line, you have crossed the border. And Paul would write about it, he said, from death into life. Hmm. And 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 that is the milestone that matters the most for all of us is have we crossed the line from a life of death condemned because of our own sinfulness. Jesus said I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through me might have life and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than life. So it's a clear line. And and we want to argue about all these different things that that make a person a Christian and yet the way to be right with God has been the same from the very beginning. Believe in the Lord, and you will be saved. Abraham believed in God. It was accounted to him as righteousness. Hebrews 11 mm. gives us this long list of Old Testament saints who, have, despite all the things they accomplished, good and bad, what marked their life was belief in God for how Amen. they, how God had revealed himself. Now God has has clarified his revelation through the person of Jesus Christ, as John mm. would say in chapter 1, the, the, the glory as of the only God of the Father, right? Amen. And And now, what do we behold? grace and truth, the mile marker of the cross tells us it is possible to have life in the grace and the truth of God, and that we don't have to go back. Amen. We can look back at the cross. We can look back at the moment that we believed and received the gift of grace. But we don't have to go back to the other side of the line. We don't That's have to right. cross the border the other way again. We now live in the kingdom of light and life and God's love.
1: That's right. And I love you know you brought up Second Corinthians five seventeen. You become a new creation. Yes. And the thing I like about that marker is um, you know p- particularly in our religious context where 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 we live. It really is the marker. It's that milestone that initiates the life of grace, as you talked about, right? Keith, I mean, I see it so many times. You see it as well. People sometimes treat grace. This is Shouts of Grace, so let's talk about it. Sometimes people uh, treat grace like it's a seasoning on a shelf, and Mm -hmm. I've blown it. Mm -hmm. Let me pull grace off the shelf. Let me season my life with it. Now that I don't quite need it as much because I'm covered, let me put it back up there. And what Mm -hmm. we don't realize is that grace... Is 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 what Scripture defines as in Christ we live and move and have our being. Gr- grace is not a se- a shaker, a seasoning. It's a river. It's yeah. something you live in, you dwell in. Yeah. in. In in our religious context, I think sometimes people think of grace as well. You know, the seasoning is I've gone to church, I've done, I've given, I've I've done all, I've done the moral. It's kind of the rich young ruler. I've done all these things right. since birth. Right? What else right? do I have to do? What else do I got to do? I mean, you know, tell me. And and I think Keith, what we fail to realize is when we cross that milestone Mm -hmm. that I am living and moving and having my being in the work of Christ that is completed, done, settled, oh man, that is the greatest marker that Mm -hmm. a person can come Mm -hmm. to. It relieves them from their effort, from their toil, from all of the nonsense that religion offers, and it brings them into a personal relationship with Christ. In the last minute and a half Share on that. Share the importance of the gospel and why those listening
2: must receive this King. Ephesians chapter 2, 8, 9 says that it is by grace we have been saved through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's not a human work. It is the work of God. And our response to this message is not to get ourselves right with God. Our response to this is to let God get it right for us. And he does and this life of grace is amazing. And I think of the, the, this milestone of crossing from this temporal life into the eternal life where the Lord uh, it says here, there's a loud voice from heaven, Revelation 21, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more, no more mourning, crying pain, for the former things have passed away. Grace in the now gives us a preview of this forever Grace. Amen. that we will get to enjoy where the last tears will be shed, the last memories of pain and death will be wiped away, Amen. and we will be in the fullness of grace. Amen. But right now, it's grace upon grace. Amen. Right?
1: Amen. 100th episode, man, what a great conversation. I love talking about the grace of God. It's not something that we take advantage of. It is something we don't dip in. It is something we live in. And man, I am so thankful for the cross. Keith, I'm thankful for you for joining us back on this. And now we got phone technology so we can have you back on again. Hey, that concludes this uh, episode, 100th episode of Shouts of Grace. Uh, We want to invite you to tune in again next week and have a blessed week.
0: Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.